threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Philadelphia. Invisible people. <laughs> Cameron, welcome. Yeah. Uh, welcome, everybody listening. Uh, mindless Banner number 56. Yeah. The Philadelphia Experiment. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the Philadelphia Experiment's all about? I thought I did. I didn't quite but, understand it. Yeah, in all honesty, yeah. up to this point yeah. of me, us breaking this down, mm-hmm. I, I honestly thought that this it was experiment a real deal. really happened yeah. in this Maybe it did. Happened. Yeah, maybe Cameron. it didn't. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, today we're want... talking about Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah. We're excited about it. But it, first, it goes mm-hmm. without saying. It does. Prepping requires forethought with regard to food, water supplies, power, and protection. Mm-hmm. All areas of significant technical preparation. Self-reliant medical care is no exception. The Prepper's Medical Handbook by noted wilderness medicine expert and survivalist William W. Forgey, MD, provides the basis of prevention. MD. Identification. Long-term management and survivable <laughs> medical conditions and tells you when to return to the grid and what to do if you can't. Mm-hmm. The organized structure of this book allows you to quickly locate what you're looking for for uh, while the information and techniques can be easily understood and performed with minimal medical training. Mm-hmm. That's the key point right there. You don't need to be smart. You can be dummy. Yeah, exactly. To purchase or learn more, visit PreppersMedicalHandbook.com, mm-hmm. and it's also available through... Amazon.com. Beautiful, Cameron. It's an awesome Get book. It. Super easy to read. Yep. You can learn medicine in a day. <laughs> it doesn't take long. <laughs> no. It doesn't take long. Yeah. It's You'll worth be doing having. surgery in no time. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Setting knees and yeah. broken arms, elbows, all of it. So, Cam, uh, we've touched on this subject a few times. In I some didn't of realize our, that yeah. until you were mentioning the other project. Yeah. I like, oh, yeah. I, I started reading stuff. I'm like, oh, wait, we talked about this dude somewhere else, and it's I can't so remember weird. where it was. All yeah. these, like, There's so much conspiracies weird crap. are, like, always new world tied order. a little. <laughs> it's yeah. all New World Order. It all sure, comes together. Makes sense. Um, but let's talk about what is, like, the very, very basics of uh, the Philadelphia Experiment, also known as Project Rainbow. Yeah. In case you didn't know. I didn't know that. But now you do. So, Philadelphia Experiment mm-hmm. is when, in 1943, the the government... It was when they invented cream cheese. <laughs> yeah. Right? This is the best cream cheese you can mm, buy. They yeah. have it whipped. They have it... They do, yeah. But, yeah, so they were conducting some experiments... Um, what people supposed were actually trying to make naval ships go invisible. Yeah, disappear. And so yeah. they conducted this one in particular, mm-hmm. and things went crazy. People were messed up, and yeah. this has been hidden for years. And so I believe this. <laughs> I thought they truly did try <laughs> to make an invisible ship, and they yeah. succeeded, but it just jacked people up. Yeah, so I so forever. I thought that was some true. of it. There's a little bit of truth in all of it, and that's what they were it, doing testing. They were doing some weird stuff, but, but let's kind of get into like. But where, a destroyer didn't disappear and come. <laughs> no, it did not. Well, uh, that's what the Navy says. Yeah, true. That that's did. true. That's what the if Navy you trust says. Trust the government. Yeah. So let's talk about like how did this thing even start? Because this has been a big thing for a long time. Yeah. You know, and like, where did it come from? Yeah. It goes back to 1955 is where it sort great of starts. Year. Yeah, it was a great, great year. Um, UFO researcher Morris K. Jessup. So have we talked about this guy before? No, he is. A He's friend. a new guy. 
this is this is a new dude. <laughs> it's funny to me, like these the people like this guy. Uh huh. They're so crazy mm-hmm. that they're like genius. Yes. Like uh-huh. this guy, the stuff he came up with, I was like, it's bonkers, isn't it's it? It's way advanced. Yeah. Mind stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he's the author of a book called The Case for the UFO. So this book. Oh, not this guy. You're talking about the other the guy. The other guy. Yes, but, but yeah, this guy too, probably. probably um, a bit. The book talks about unidentified flying objects in the exotic means of propulsion that they might use. So it was kind of a speculative thing. You know, this is in the heyday of UFOs. So he he did this, and this is like this is how these UFOs m- may get around. Yeah. You know, there's the anti gravity. Everybody wants to know. Yeah. How to get they, around quicker like an alien. Is, they're probably not using unleaded GMC, fuel. GMC, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, General Motors been yeah. working on it, Ford. Exactly. So this guy, um, he just released this book, and then he receives two letters, and they were from a guy named Carlos Miguel Ayande. But he also identified himself as Carl M. Allen in another <laughs> correspondence. So I love this, how it's so close to like... Yeah, I know. So this guy, I think he was a little bit... Um, he had several personalities he was working with, which was nice. You know? Yeah. You, 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 it's like me sick being of one. Carmen Mandy. Carmen Handy. <laughs> Carmen That's my name. <laughs> Carmen Handy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he claimed to have witnessed a secret World War II experiment, experiment at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. So this <laughs> takes a shirt off. <laughs> starts unzipping. So Hot in here. In this experiment, Ayande claimed the destroyer escort USS Eldridge, and now this is the ship in question, was rendered invisible, teleported to New York, teleported to another dimension where it encountered aliens. I, I could not find anything That's else on amazing. that. That's amazing. I couldn't. F- I l- That's read even better. A thousand articles, and I couldn't find anything else other than that sentence. <laughs> but I know a place where we can find out more, and I'll talk. Wait to a you minute. We got <laughs> in the southwest direction. It looks like about twenty. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's an alien ship. Yeah, right? Where are we? Where the hell was this? New Jersey? Did we just go through an alien warp hole? What's <laughs> going on? Warp holes. And they teleported through time, resulting in deaths of several sailors, some of whom were fused to the ship's hold. Cam's going to talk about that more. Um, kind of. That's basically yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> but he, um, Jessup is like, this dude is a crackpot. He's a, a psycho. So um, I'm just going to, like, not worry about this, these weird letters that are coming in. And this is a guy who who wrote a book on UFOs. He's like, this guy's a crackpot. Um, so in his letters, Ayande criticized Jessup's naive understanding of unified field theory. <laughs> which Ayande claimed to have been taught by Albert Einstein himself. He's like the modern troll. Like, yeah, he really is. Or the, yeah. the, the older troll versions. Like, you don't have. understand unified field theory like yeah, I do. Yeah, I see you posted about aliens. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, I talked to Albert Einstein. He taught it to me, <laughs> which is hilarious because we'll talk about that later. But So yeah, unified the field theory, is. if you don't know what that is, it's never been proven by Einstein or anybody else thereafter. Um, it basically, it attempts to merge the forces of gravity, electromagnetism, into one fundamental field. In fact, Einstein tried to prove or find a proof <clears throat> for the unified field theory his whole life and was never able to. It's basically a theoretical he's equation. He's, he's the smartest dude ever, pretty much. Yeah. It's a theoretical equation that how somehow... Do you, how do you just sit around and you're like, there's got to be ways with all these forces and yeah. different like laws... Mm-hmm. That all comes together. Them to like, it's just amazing the, a mind. Dude, Einstein I'm was so insane. Stupid. I just, I know, I just finished um, a book on Einstein, and the entire time I'm like, holy crap, this dude was like on a whole nother level. Yeah, I don't like, get it's, how their brains. They're yeah, it's a whole weird thing. But he talked about 
the unified field theory a lot and he wanted to figure it out, but he never was able to. Um, basically, you have your mind like focused on that. I'm like, I have a hard time just saying I'm going to go to Burger King. <laughs> Or Subway, <laughs> who's know, got the best deal? That's, that's where my mind's exactly. And I have an app that tells me which is the best deal. <laughs> I still spend time thinking <laughs> I don't even about have to it. figure it out. So the, the unified field theory is a theoretical equation that somehow explains how gravity, matter, and light work together. And so this guy was saying, <clears throat> this is how they did this experiment because Einstein had figured out the unified field theory, and so they got this equation. And they can do whatever the crap they want now. They can teleport a whole friggin' ship to wherever they want. And this is what happened. So Jessup, he tried his darndest to corroborate anything that this dude said, but ultimately said, this dude is nuts. I don't want to write letters to you anymore. We're done. Pen pal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Please cancel my subscription to your letters (laughs) right now. Um, Until um, he was contacted by two officers from the Navy's Office of Naval Research in 1957. So the, the author was contacted by yes, them. Yes, the author was. That's so weird. In early 57, Jessup was contacted by the Office of Naval Research in Washington, D.C., who had received a parcel containing a paperback coffee, copy of The Case for the UFO. So this is the book that Jessup had written, and this is why the, you know, the crazy dude had sent him letters because of his book. In a manila envelope marked, Happy Easter. Um, the book had been extensively annotated in its margins, written with three different shades of pink ink, uh, appearing to detail a correspondence among three individuals, only one of whom was given a name, which was Jemmy. The Office of Naval Research labeled the other two Mr. A and Mr. B. <clears throat> so basically, they get this book, and it is annotated supposedly by three different people. <laughs> people, in quotation marks. Yeah. The annotators refer to each other as gypsies and discuss two different types of people living in outer space. Their texts contain non-standard use of capitalization and punctuation and detailed a lengthy discussion of the merits of various elements of Jessup's assumptions in the book. To come up with this. Like- yeah. So the book, they're basically just discuss. It's aliens discussing Jessup's yeah. book in in the in the margins of the of the book, and they send it. And for some reason, this guy sent it to the Office of Naval Research. Um, there were oblique references to the Philadelphia experiment based on the handwriting style and subject matter. Jessup concluded a large part of the writing was Ayande's, and others have the same conclusion that the three styles of annotations are from the same person using three different pens. <laughs> Okay, so this is just this dude. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Really? He's writing to himself in this book, (laughs) and he decided that the Office of Naval Research needed to read it. But for unexplained reasons, the Office of Naval Research, they published 127 copies of this book. Wow. With the annotations in it. (laughs) And you know what the crazy thing is? You can go buy those original books right now. No joke. There's one you can get on Amazon. It's 500 bucks. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because it's like they're they're like collector's items. So, yeah, like, see, check that out. The case for the UFO, Unidentified Flying Objects, Annotated Vero Edition, Spiral Bound. 500 bucks. <laughs> That's awesome. So you can actually get it, you can buy it, and read what the annotation says. I'd love to see it. I would too, man. I need to just go get it. But uh, Jessup's story took a tragic turn. Injured in a car accident and split from his wife, he committed suicide in 1959. So that was like two years later. But Ayande lived until 1994. Uh, sporadically sending letters to anyone who would listen to his fantastical tale of the Philadelphia experiment. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So large-scale popularization of the story came... So this is the the people we have talked about before. In 1979, when the author Charles Berlitz 
Wasn't that a guy we talked about? He had written a best-selling book on the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Right? We yeah, talked we about that in the Bermuda too. Triangle. And his co-author, ufologist. It's all coming together <laughs> It's all now. coming together, yeah. William L. Moore published the Philadelphia Experiment, Project Invisibility, which purported to be a factual account. The book expanded on stories of bizarre happenings, lost unified field theories by Albert Einstein, and government cover-ups, all based on the letters that, uh, these same letters that he had sent, right? <laughs> also, in 84... A time travel film called The Philadelphia Experiment uh, was released, though it only loosely based on the prior accounts of the experiment. It served uh, to dramatize the core elements of the original story. I remember seeing it as a kid and being like, so completely I watched, confused by it. Like, <laughs> I watched parts of it. On? I watched parts of it this week. It's actually on like YouTube, like some pirated version. Man, the the. The graphics, the the special effects in <laughs> I this gotta thing. I got to go and check it Holy out. Holy moly. It's 84 amazing. 84 or 85? 84. It's got to be really uh So, since tech. we're talking about it, I want to I want to do a quick little <laughs> yeah, uh let's listen to what the trailer sounded like. One day, it's 1943. The next, it's 1984. Somehow we got moved in time. Good Lord, there it is. He has fallen through time, but time is running out. Now, we can't stop it, but I believe that you can. Michael Paré, Nancy Allen. Good luck, Sailor. Go! Good luck, Sailor. The Philadelphia Experiment, rated PG. Hey, PG? Yeah. Watch with my kids. I know. Uh, you might not want to, because, well, there's one part. The fuse, the, like, the... Really nasty stuff after yeah. the experiment happens. It's kind of I remember that sticking. So out I only mind. watched like the first maybe half hour, but they they end up in like Nevada or something in 1984, mm-hmm. and they go to like this little um, cafe, and there's like a horror movie playing for some reason in the cafe, and the guys are watching like what the crap, and it shows this girl with her top off, and he's like, Whoa. I love those old movies. <laughs> I know. And he's like freaking we out. We tried like, to watch, me and my wife tried to watch something like that uh-huh. too from back then. It was like PG and yeah. yep, boob shot. I know. Like you Normal. could do that back in the 80s, which yeah. was crazy. So anyways, that also helped perpetuate the the Philadelphia Experiment hoax. Yeah. The, a movie like that. And even though it was it kind does. of. It does. It solidifies. Yeah. Like the, when you visualize. And that, there's something in here I have about yeah. that. So here's where it gets crazy, too. Um, much later, after the, re- the release of the 84 film, The Philadelphia Experiment, a man named Al Bielik, is that how you say it? Bielik? Came forward claiming to have Looks personally good. taken part in the secret experiment, which he had been brainwashed <laughs> to forget. This is the dude we talked about at some point, and I don't remember which episode it was. Maybe it was a time travel episode? Ah, I man. I, his name sounds super familiar. I only after seeing the movie in 1988 did his repressed memories come flooding back. Uh, he believed, uh, he, uh, I think, is also associated with the Montauk Project. Did we talk about that? We did talk about The Montauk Project is a conspiracy theory that alleges there were a series of secret United States government projects conducted at Camp Hero or Montauk Air Force Station in Montauk, New York, for the purpose of developing psychological warfare techniques and exotic research, including time travel, and the Philadelphia Experiment was part of that. So this is sort of how all of this came together and how it sort of became part of the popularized conspiracy theories. and Because everybody, you've heard the... The, the phrase, the Philadelphia Experiment, right. even if you don't know what it is. Yeah. No, right? it's pretty common. Yeah. And I mean, I it's been 20 years since I've, I've heard it. Yeah. You know, it's not like anything new. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's been floating around. Yeah, it's been floating around. But Cam, um, I got to tell you about off-the-grid surplus. 
I mean, you, do. you guys, you, you have to. You've, these guys <laughs> know what they're doing when it comes to making uh, really great uh, clothing. You know, tactical and outdoor workwear stuff that you know guys like us like to wear because we're out, we're girls outside. Like you, girls like you, guys like us. <laughs> mm. Um, it's, it's just great stuff. You know, it's tactical, uh, but it doesn't look like you're, you know, the rent-a-cop kind of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You Those just got to check it out. pockets on the outside. Exactly. Oh. There's, there's pockets in all the right places. I'll tell you they're that right hidden. now. They're but secret. They're secret. But yeah, but they, you just don't look like, you know, you're the no, cargo pant-wearing crazy person. Um, so you got to go check them out at offthegridsurplus.com. They've got some really great, great flannels right now that are perfect for winter. Um, so go check them out, um, offthegridsurplus.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. You're going to get 15% off your order, which is a great discount. Um, so, again, off the grid surplus, OTG. Yeah. I think a lot of times it's hard to find gear that, you know, you want good gear, but you're like, I don't want it to look ridiculous. Yeah. This is the best stuff. Yeah, it's... I wear it to dinner. Yeah, it's sort of like the... It's a great blend between Gray Man and also Tactical. It's like... You know, you kind of look you like your tactical, but you're not to the point yeah, where exactly they, you think you've got a blade in every pocket. You know, <laughs> right. so and you could put a blade in every pocket, you absolutely, and could. you wouldn't be able to see it. Exactly. <laughs> so um, let's dive into what the let's Philadelphia experiment was. So we, Kobe's kind of touched on pieces of it, mm-hmm. and like what what was actually going on, yeah, and, and what was the government trying to do here. So, um, according to legend, October 28th, 1943, the USS Eldridge mm. was a cannon-class destroyer escort and was conducting top-secret experiments designed to win command uh, of the oceans against the Axis powers. The mm. rumor was that the government was creating technology that would render naval ships invisible to enemy radar. And there in the Phil- Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, it was time to test it out. Mm. So... The experiment was done or conducted by Dr. Franklin Reno. Franklin Reno. And was supposedly no. an application of Einstein's unified field theory, which is what Kobe mm-hmm. was mentioning, um, connection between gravity and electromagnetism and super confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the testing allegedly began in the summer of 43. So they're... It's a little unclear. Like, if you look into it, it talks about kind of the first conducting experiment was mm-hmm. kind of semi-successful, but had similar issues. But I'll talk more about the the more mm-hmm. um, the, the, the more known or well-known one. So a few reports that when they first fired up these big generators on the ship, um, what had happened was once they fired them up, there was a green-bluish glow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the ship disappeared, and it appeared in Norfolk, Virginia, 200 miles away. Jeez. And it sat there for a little bit of time. And they even say it passed through time. It was like 10 minutes. I don't know how they figured that out. but <laughs> Yeah, I know, huh? But um, another ship that was there, the SS Andrew Furuseth, Furuseth was there and it viewed all the the ship's, um, you know, semen and all that stuff. Oh. <laughs> and, all right. and then it vanished and it reappeared back in Philadelphia where the where the generators were turned on. So there was this weird blue, bluish green glow mm-hmm. and it teleported and came back. And when it came back, there was a lot of disturbing things that had happened to the crew. Whoops. Um, mysterious illnesses developed yeah. in some of them. Syphilis. Their limbs were <laughs> <laughs> yep. Gonorrhea, chlamydia. <laughs> yeah. 
What? They were like fused to the deck, which is super weird. But that's probably the most standout thing that kind of yeah. helped fuel this like the, the Philadelphia the experiment. Shows like this guy like yeah welded into the deck, and he's like, <laughs> and they're all like some of them are all charred, yeah, and then some of them developed these weird side effects. One of them being that they were like they rematerialized inside out. Some of them didn't even rematerialize <laughs> at all. And some of them were like starting to like come in and out of in- invisibility. Like they would be Ooh. standing there and just like disappear and then come back. It's like a glitch. So That's that would awesome. be pretty cool to yeah. see. That the show, I think, I'm almost I can't remember it very well, but I want to say he's starting to disappear. One of the sailors. So the I only watched like the first half hour, like I said. So the thing happens and um you know, there's all this electronic crap going on, and you're right. There was like green glow, and like they were like they were looking at their hands, and they were all like going in and out of this weird stuff, and they got taken forward in time or whatever. And now, like they were like attracting electricity everywhere they went. Basically, they were driving in a car, oh, yeah. and like <laughs> that makes zapped. sense. That yeah. makes sense because there is some magnetic yeah. basis to this. So, um, but yeah, so essentially, they're trying to make the ships go invisible, mm-hmm. and where. This just went crazy, and they teleported apparently to some alien world. <laughs> Never heard that one. Yeah, I didn't know. But I'd, I'd seen some stuff, but there's no, like, detail on that. No. Nobody reported anything about that um, or had enough interesting detail, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was just an alien world. But the biggest standout thing is, like, all the things, all the effects it had on the sailors. Yeah. And then apparently, you know, the, the all-trusting government had brainwashed mm-hmm. all these sailors or surviving crew members into forgetting about the experience, and so it just never happened. Yeah. But it started to, like, come up with different um, sailors starting to remember Well, things. you release a movie, a major motion picture. Yeah. I That's mean, why you don't go to the theater. It's going to trigger some memories. Yeah, it's, you got to be careful. You so, never know. Um, in 1994, French-born astrophysicist and ufologist Jacques... Jacques... Published... <laughs> An article in the Journal of Scientific Exploration titled Anatomy of a Hoax, the Philadelphia Experiment 50 Years Later. In writing, he previous, um, the article about the Philadelphia Experiment, he um, asked readers to contact him if they had further information about the alleged event. That's when he received a letter from Edward Dungeon, who Dungeon. served... Dungeon. Dungeon. Oh, yeah, Dungeon. That was an end. <laughs> Dungeon would be way cooler. That'd be way cool. Yeah. Who served in the U.S. Navy from 42 to 45. So he was... So Dungeon mm-hmm. was an electrician, and oh. he went into the details of what was actually being done or conducted during this whole time. So there there were experiments being done to the ships, um, and it looked really funky because... What they were trying to do essentially is de basically it's called that degaussing is to basically demagnify the ships. So there's mines and there's torpedoes that would basically be magnetically pulled into the hull of the ship by the U-boats. Mm-hmm. So the experiments that were extensive of like all these generators and these wires, like basically they're creating kind of like a a fair Faraday cage around mm-hmm. the ship yeah. and they would turn them on and it would degauss these ships and basically make them uh they're they, not magnetic they weren't, they weren't trying to make them invisible to radar or anything like that they were just trying to make them not magnetic but they were probably using they were interested phrase. in it though they were probably using that phrase yeah. invisible because it would basically make them invisible to these torpedoes exactly right that's exactly why it kind of 
yes. strained that uh-huh. theory of they're making him invisible. Cause, yeah. And that's why he believes that this discussion, you know, and, and being a seaman or whatever, you're, you're going to hear these different, yeah, like, talking about, oh, what is this being conducted for? Blah, blah, blah. Visibility, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Visibility. Yeah. What? All her we're going to be invisible. Mom and dad, today we're going <laughs> out to sea. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go invisible, I guess. <laughs> I hope I come back from this alien world we're going to. So, yeah, a lot of the members of, you know, the the ship is not going to know all these little things being conducted. And you got all these wires and you got these generators hmm. and you hear invisible. And that's essentially where some of this was created. I can imagine that the naval people on the ship. Can you guys see us from the shore? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you hear them firing up. <laughs> and you see me. Am I still here? <laughs> hey, flipping them off. <laughs> Admiral can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bat wing him. I can see everything. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so anyways, he was talking about where this invisibility thing had kind of come about. About mm-hmm. It's not technically making it invisible. It's just making it the magnetic mines and torpedoes yeah. irrelevant with this new <laughs> technology. And um, the other thing is that green glow that happened. I don't know. Are you going to talk about this? No, anymore? go ahead. Go ahead. So good. the green glow that, that witnesses had discussed um, happening when the generators fired up and when this thing went invisible... It, they believe it was what's called St. Elmo's Fire, which is kind of a confusing deal. Because um, it's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie, <laughs> and it's a, yeah, there's a whole yeah. bunch of stuff that goes with it. But it's essentially like a plasma glow that happens with uh, kind of like a lightning base. Here, yeah. A little thing here. Have you ever seen um, they, like the St. Elmo's Fire like on airplanes when they get close to a... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a, a thunderstorm. Yeah. So basically, like, there's, like, these, looks like lightning on, like, the windshield, basically. Yeah. It just shows up. It's just super weird. Yeah. Like, uh, so here, I'll, this is a little bit more detailed. Is a persistent blue glow that occasionally appears near pointy objects during storms. The name is something of a misnomer as the electric phenomena phenomena mm-hmm. has more in common with lightning or yeah. the northern lights than it does with the flame. So, it does cause this really weird bluish glow um, that occurs, and it's been been going on f- for centuries. Yeah. So um, it got its modern name from St. Erasmus, or St. Elmo for short, who lived in the 3rd century. He gained fame as a patron saint of the sailors and intestinal what distress. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> the a- saint of intestinal he- distress. <laughs> patron saint of sailors <laughs> and intestinal Distress. That's weird. Oh, that poor I guy. I never saw that. I'm a saint now, guys. Guess what I'm saying of? Intestinal yeah. distress. Diarrhea. <laughs> I'm a saint Saint Elmo's fluid. Saint diarrhea. And after he was reportedly killed by disemboweling. That's why. Okay. Embowling. That's a different Sailors type of Sailors prayed to him in the moments of distress and continued to interpret as mm. the glow of Saint Elmo's fire dancing and hissing atop their boats. Mm. But anyways, this glow had been reported centuries. Yeah. Um... We just they just it's didn't not a new thing. Yeah, they just didn't understand it until now that we're all so much smarter. Yeah, and TikTok and Instagram <laughs> and, and yeah. Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, they believe that glow mm-hmm. occurred because of Saint Elmo's fire. Also, the the whole passage of the ship being seen in Philadelphia and Norfolk. They believe this. This is kind of a little confusing, but mm-hmm. there's some inland canals that connect outside the ocean to transport ships that was used by the military at the time. 
but not really that well known. Mm-hmm. So they say that this ship could have been seen in two different locations. But there's some other points on that being seen yeah. thing that Kobe was going to, he'll mention. The other thing is um, in 99, a renewed, oh no, you're going to talk about that. The uh, no, you're, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, some sailors basically mm-hmm. didn't report any of this ever happening or having any remembrance of the ship being seen in the docks. Um, and then the other thing is he talks about how these powerful uses of imagery is a way to kind of make these so where the sailors had heard in, in the ship being in, um, invisible and then the use of these experiments. Basically, how this theory and this hoax kind of came about was that they'd used like these really vivid images of people being fused to the decks. Yeah, and that that movie actually really kind of spurred people <laughs> of that sticking in their minds that oh, they yeah. conducted this experiment, and movies are so believable. Oh yeah, and it's so strong. I of, thought it was uh, a documentary when I was watching. An image, yeah, that you just remember it, and that's how this hoax has kind of grown into what it is from um, you know, Hollywood and these books and these weird occurrences like you were saying with the yeah. uh, <laughs> that guy that had obviously some split personality. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, the truly there was experiments being done. It mm-hmm. was nothing to do with making the ship disappear and teleport or go invisible. It was essentially just to demagnetize it to yeah. help prevent it from getting hit by It was like a, a weapons defense uh, thing that they were trying to figure yeah. out. Right. And so everybody being left in the dark and hearing words here and there and, and stuff just kind of created yeah. this big, you know, this big crazy conspiracy yeah. of what were they actually conducting during that time in 1943. Yeah. So Cam's already talked about some of these maybe inconsistencies or alternate explanations of this. The, f- the first one being the degaussing, you know, experiments. That's the biggest one. I think that's where most of this comes from, right? Because of these magnetic mines and these different... It's weird you don't really hear much about degaussing. No. Like, is I don't it know even if it a thing anymore? Worked very good? Or... Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, Maybe that... Maybe figured to flip the magnetic so <laughs> torpedoes just... <laughs> go the other way. Yeah, so that's one of the things that they say. This is probably where it started, and this is actually what was happening, and is what Cam said, the degaussing. But another possible origin of the stories about... Anytime there's weird experiments being conducted that people are left in the dark, yeah. which happen all the time. All the time. And the government is obviously yeah. pretty hard to trust sometimes. You think? And so, yeah, yeah, it's easy to for this to just get out of control. Yeah. So another possible origin of stories about levitation, teleportation, and effects on human crew might be attributed to experiments with the generating plant of the destroyer USS Timmerman. No, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, whereby a higher frequency generator produced corona discharges, although none of the crew reported suffering effects from the experiment. So they just had a different type of generator on there, and it was... So like coronal mass ejection? Kind of, yeah. It was like discharges. Yeah. Yeah. And so nobody likes discharge. <laughs> uh, got some discharge, Doc. <laughs> nah, don't worry about it. Just say no more fire. Explain everything with that. <laughs> yeah. well, well, considering you got this disease yeah. and you got discharge, say no more fire. Yep, time. it burns when I pee, Doc. Say no more fire. <laughs> probably. You heard about his disembowelment yeah. and his intestinal. Anyways, yeah, probably. Here's his pill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the USS Eldridge was not commissioned until August 27th, 1943, and it remained in port in New York City until September of 1943. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Dates o- don't match. The October experiment allegedly took place while the ship was on its first shakedown cruise in the Bahamas. Although proponents of the story claim that the ship's logs must have been falsified. 
or else it'd still be classified. So they they say, well, those logs were falsified because nobody wants the government doesn't want us to know right. that they did this. Have you read? Did you read the logs? I did not read the logs. It's like pretty dry. Like I don't Is know it? who would want to make make that up. <laughs> really? It's like yeah, twelve forty five docked it mm-hmm. and then transported. Moved, you know, mm-hmm. 400 yards. It's just, like, really basic. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. Makes sense. Yeah, I guess some government guy could have created that to throw everybody off. Yeah. The Office of Naval Research stated in 1996, the ONR has never conducted investigations on radar invisibility, either in 43 or at any other time. Pointing out that the ONR was not established until 46, it denounces the accounts of the Philadelphia experiment as complete science fiction. Um, <clears throat> this is what Cam was talking about, too. ONR. Yeah. A reunion of Navy veterans who had served aboard the USS Eldridge told a Philadelphia newspaper in 1999 that their ship had never made port in yeah. Philadelphia. Further evidence discounting the Philadelphia experiment timeline comes from the USL- USS Eldridge Complete World War II Action Report, including the remarks section of the 43 deck log available on microfilm. Microfilm. Um, the other thing is we still today don't have a unified field theory like that's what they're saying that this whole thing it's like if we actually got any information from yeah. an experiment we would have we would have some advancement yeah. on that unless elon maybe elon more than people out. fuse to ships still and, yes yeah yeah so you would see a plane take off and then just zap out of the air exactly appear in europe and that doesn't you know it kind of makes it if if the government could teleport things i guarantee you amazon would have like Prime teleportation shipping. Yeah. So it's like, boom, you're going to get your socks in <laughs> so like true. two seconds. So it just, it's pretty. Well, even if if that even worked, even the yeah. slightest bit, mm-hmm. even at the cost of the sailors being fused to it, they would keep. Oh, yeah. It. They would do it over and over. Oh, yeah. There'd be 150 found... experiments that would have happened between then and now, and there would be more. Um, Tons of casualties that yes. they wouldn't. I mean, would... Maybe. Saying Elmo Fire. Maybe. Saying Elmo Fire. Saying Elmo Fire 100%. But or they, maybe they perfected it and we just didn't know about that. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe it's possible. And during that, all these wars that we've, you know, since, uh-huh. and, you know, the Vietnam and all that. Yeah. We just didn't want to use it to throw yeah. people off. It's too easy. Yeah. We need, yeah. But we need just normal war and if it gets real bad, yeah. we're going to use the Then we'll go with the teleportation stuff. <laughs> or maybe it's just those aliens in between that are just too pesky. They're a pain in the butt. That's true. You know what I mean? Maybe when they go through the alien war pole, yeah. the aliens are like, well, it's a toll booth. <laughs> too expensive. <laughs> too expensive. We don't have enough gold How much Bitcoin you got? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a toll booth war pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. I ain't letting you through. I got a fast pass. <laughs> got it. We're good to go. I need a bunch of meat. <laughs> meat. We want meat. Yeah. That's what the aliens the want. The aliens want meat. steak. <laughs> we don't got uh, that here. Bring me a T-bone. Um, anyway. So, yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's yeah. the uh, the Philadelphia experiment, man. So if you think that's crazy, though, yeah. before we end, okay, our modern world's just plain crazy. Mm-hmm. Even crazier is that your laptop and your phone, they're never mm-hmm. really off when you think they're off. Yeah. Put them in airplane mode. You're just setting yourself up. <laughs> Put them in teleportation mode. <laughs> yeah. And so. everything from your passport to your credit cards to your photos, everything mm-hmm. is it is accessible via radio frequency identification, which yep. is on all of this. Mm-hmm. All of it contains valuable private information that can be and will be exploited in the wrong hands. Yep. This is where Silent Book comes in. They offer a range of products that you already use, like wallets and bags and travel gear and laptop sleeves and key cases. Mm-hmm. 
all of it has the protection of not only Faraday and EMP protection, has a Faraday technology, mm-hmm. but it will keep you invisible from people hacking, stealing. I think that maybe they've figured out the unified field theory. Probably. That's how they've got this technology. Their stuff looks like it could. It does, yeah. Super sleek. Yeah. Very gray man. Guarantee you Albert Einstein would have some of their stuff. Oh, yeah, he would. He probably does. He probably does. He's probably buried in That like was a... his last work <laughs> project. The silent pocket. But basically, yeah, yeah, protection from EMP, CMEs, and mm-hmm. it's a cloth-like Faraday cage. How St. Elmo's Fire. cool is that? St. Elmo's Fire protection, probably. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. So go to silent-pocket.com slash discount. Use Casual Preppers mm-hmm. 10% off from your order. Beautiful. I'm telling you, they got everything. They do. And so, it really is pretty. It really is. Guys, we have the latest Battle Box, Mission 71. We're excited about it, and we're going to tell you about it right now. 71? Yeah, that's a lot crap. of missions, man. We have been with Battle Box since Mission 9, I think. That's true. That's think about that. How many missions that we have gotten? Whoo! I tell you what. Battle box. Uh, basic no, that's box. Crazy. I know. They were little babies. Yeah, little, little tiny babies. Little prepper babies. <laughs> little baby subscription boxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the basic box. The first item, the ready hour, 72-hour, long-term shelf life meal kit. You can't beat getting food food Enjoy. in these Look, boxes. it's done. It's re- yeah, you just throw that throw in your a- closet. <laughs> yeah. Throw that, that in your bug out bag. It's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it's worth its weight in... In food. Yeah, and pasta. And in, in, uh, calories. And then you've got the Spartan Fire Multi-Use EDC Tinder. This is uh, so cool. Like It's almost like paper. It doesn't take up any space. You put that in your wallet. Put that in your silent pocket. You draw on it and then burn it. Yeah, exactly. So that, that is pretty cool how pretty thin... Cool. Useful. I want to try it. I'm going to yeah. try it. And then you got the Yuko Switch Spork two-piece utensil set. Switch. Switch. This is the Switch. 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 So that's kind of a cool little deal. You I always like these food. little things. I do too. Half the time I use them at work. So yeah, you do. don't have to find another fork yeah. and spoon and knife when you yeah, I like that. Around. Then you got the red-eyed hog seasoning. This is uh, perfect for these uh, freeze-dried meals that are probably not going to taste great. And oh. these will give it some flavor. You know what I mean? Made of salt, spices, mm. onion powder, yeah. garlic powder, and gunpowder. Designed by an award-winning barbecue pit master. He won awards. <laughs> oh, Cameron Hardy. Cameron Hardy. <laughs> PAC. Yeah. Pit master. Pit master. Award-winning pit master. And then you got the advanced box, the Gerber Freescape. Now this is kind of a cool little camp saw that breaks down. I was calling it a transformer earlier because it looks like it could be an Autobot or it's something. Like a power pole looks like a yeah. I don't know. You could be a weapon like that. It reminds me a lot of the Zippo, Mm. like, four-in-one. Yeah, kind of. Bow saw thing. But it's just a one. (laughs) But it just breaks down, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so that's the Gerber Freescape. Pretty cool little breakdown uh, bow saw. Cool. Then you get to the Pro Box, and you got the Spot Tracker Gen 4 Satellite GPS Messenger, you guys. And, then, and with that, you get a six-month free service with our BattleBox code. That's so uh, that's $150 value right so there. The there. Yeah, there's a... Okay, don't lose that. Don't lose that, but I think it's just BattleBox is the code. So as soon as stuff starts to go down, hurry and activate. Yeah, make sure you still got some internets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bookmark it on Google and <laughs> get ready. So you got to get Go that. through your plan, A. Number one, activate yeah. Spot Gen 4 uh-huh. six-month trial. Maybe you could do like a Google... Uh, things they activate. Uh, hey, Google, activate yeah, spot gen four. Whatever. Then you get to the Pro Plus, the knife of the month. You guys, they got an SE, the SE Azula with the micarta scale set. Ooh, ooh, micarta. 
So uh, that's Mission 71. They, they knocked it out of the park. They did a good job. Uh, thank you, BattleBox. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. Um, like we said, these sponsors, they make this thing go. They really do. You would have no idea about the Philadelphia experiment if it wasn't for BattleBox, if it wasn't for Silent Pocket, if it wasn't for Off the Grid Surplus. True. You know, you got to go get them if you want to keep getting your ear holes filled with good stuff. So help them help us. Help, help them help us. Help you. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Cameron, before we head off and sign off? And Heck no. St. Elmo's That's fire. It. <laughs> yeah. All right. Stay Don't survived. Look that up.